coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil, something terrifying, something horrifying, is haunting life. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with vermin. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me. Until... (laughs) Your mother's dead, Lionel. Now, whatever mom's got... Who's your mother? ...has caught on with the neighbors. She's been You know what that means! You can pray. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop. Because how do you kill something that's already dead? Trimark Pictures presents a modern masterpiece of horror. Your mother ain't a girl! Dead Alive. Party's over. Hi, and welcome to the Adelaide Horror Podcast. This is your host, Zombie Joe. It's episode 26, uh, and I'm looking at Peter Jackson's 1992 classic, Brain Dead, or Dead Alive, for overseas viewers. And this comes under the uh, comedy horror episode. Um, so hands down, the best comedy horror that's ever existed. Uh, I think as horror fans, we can all agree on this. Um, it's It's got the gore, it's got the laughs. It's, it is literally the blueprint of how a comedy horror is done. Uh, there's plenty more comedy horror that's come out since this. Um, and they are come a close second and third. Um, I you just you won't be able to top it. This this movie will never be topped. Uh, I will go on record saying that. Like you, you're never ever gonna have a movie like this ever. Like it just came out when it did. It's the fantastic thing that it is. How it's come out when it came out. Um, it just is what it is, and we as horror fans all love it for what it is. And uh, yeah, so. Tonight's episode is just pretty much uh, going to be uh, playing tribute to it. Uh, cool. So yes, and then there'll be horrible mentions at the end, uh, and we're all good to go. So cool. Um, directed by Peter Jackson. Um, the runtime is an hour and forty-four minutes. Like I said, pretty much states immediately, and uh, doesn't let off. It, it just cranks. It just keeps cranking the next level, next level, next level, and doesn't let up until the final credits uh, um, begin. Uh, So there you go. Uh, It's written by uh, Stephen Sinclair, wrote the storyline for this, uh, and the screenplay was written by Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh. In researching this, discovered that both of them are married. So I don't know if they met each other on this film, and the uh, 400 litres of blood that was used at the end of this film is what brought them together <laughs> who knows uh but uh yeah the husband and wife great to know that um and now revisiting the film and watching it and then knowing that their husband and wife they kind of clicked like yeah i can i can see that they vibed off each other the script is brilliant uh and uh well done and the the her comedy in this was was really well uh put through as well uh the budget for this was three million when it came out so in the time it would have been expensive. The the money coming back, however, is a whole different story. Um, like I said, I think it was a victim of its own time. Uh, it was ahead of its time, this film. Um, and also a victim of rating, you know. Um, 
and so uh, it grossed in the first weekend uh, $23,765 in the US uh, on its own. It says worldwide $242,623 all up worldwide. Now, I, I kind of I looked at that and I was like, mm, okay, I think that's still kind of counting the US and maybe Canada, but not the rest of the world. But it didn't, I didn't really know this film coming in. I was only aware of Brain Dead when I walked into my local video shop. Um, I was 14 when this film came out. Um, so, and I was the right age when I watched this at 14 um, at a mate's uh, party. It was a perfect time to, to watch this film. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, and it was released in New Zealand on, in August 92, uh, the U S got it in February 93 and we got it in, um, uh, February as well, 93 and then VHS releases. So I saw this, it was summertime. I, re I remember it was about November, December when I saw this, um, uh, like I said, at my friend, I was in high school at the time I was 14. He was having a party and I, I went to the to the kind of the party. Uh, his older sibling didn't return these videos and one of those videos was uh, Brain Dead. So we we ended up watching it, <laughs> like sneaking it out and uh, and uh, putting it on with the low volume and kind of, uh, you know, gather it around uh, the, the TV. And, um, and so we were, we were allowed to watch it. Again, perfect environment. Uh, you wouldn't be able to do that now, uh, but you know, it, yeah. So it's it's one of those movies where it fits like you remember fondly when you first saw it and who you were with, or the scenario. So for me, I was with some high school friends. We weren't supposed to watch this. We were fourteen. We're all a bunch of fourteen-year-old boys in a room. It was the perfect environment to watch. A gory over-the-top film like brain dead it was just it was the perfect storm and uh, when I started watching this movie we uh, the front cover art immediately got my attention because I did see it this at the video shop but this one here a lot of people my age and older would remember the bubbly cover it was almost 3d it came out at you a little bit with the woman pulling her face uh, and people were like wow you know that's that's nuts um, or freaked kids out. I know. I know the the younger kids kind of uh, in the nineties watching that. Uh, you know, I've listened to some other podcasts and they refer to the the cover of uh, Dead Alive if they're overseas, saying it terrified the shit out of them. Like and just the face. And it is quite confronting. And then you had the cardboard cutout, uh, large uh, displays in video shops of this film when it came out. When it did. So yeah, it would have terrified the shit out of everybody. Um, and so when we got to, when I got to watch this, I was like, wow, I'm going to watch this movie that I'm not really not supposed to. So the the excitement was there. Um, and so I just gobbled up the whole entire film, and uh, it got me as soon as it started. Like you know the the zoo hunter, um, you know the guy collecting the uh, Sumatran uh, rat monkey um being attacked and then you know being uh, pretty much cut up comedically as well but the gro the the gore was there and it wasn't overly gory but it, compared to the rest of the film as we go on but it was the comedy you know uh, and then the zoom in shot you know you see a bite oh uh, and they'd zoom in on the bite and then it, it just moved across this guy's body until eventually it got to his head and then you're like well fuck you know we don't know what's gonna happen here so by this point you know us guys were rolling around and just go this movie's insane like and so like i said it's a perfect movie for a 14 year old boy to watch because that's how we think you know uh and um so it's it it, it got an r rating now if you look at it now when they say oh it's gory and stuff we would go no it's not we've we've seen we've seen way more gore like between now like then and now massive strides in in uh special effects gore effects this is this is almost like a training video to show your kids if they want to watch a movie the horror movie for the first time it compared to what's now available i mean if you know this is this is why well, i say this because dead 
uh, Brain Dead is the um, love letter to Sam Raimi and the Evil Dead. There's comparisons between Lionel, the main character in this, and Ash are very par and par together. It's not ripping it off. It's not being disrespectful. It is a pure tip of the hat nod, and it is a love letter to the Evil Dead. So both characters uh, would say, well, look, Lionel's extraordinarily nerdy in this one, and you see this good, wholesome guy go through absolute shit at the end, like, and doesn't make him mean. He doesn't lose his humanity. However, it makes him a hard-ass, like, but he still has his humanity intact, same as Ash, like, he's still got his, com he's still comedic, he's still got his, kind. Of, he wasn't goofy in any sense, he wasn't really a nerd, like, he, he was a good-looking guy, he had a girlfriend in Evil Dead, you know, when they went to the cabin and all shit kind of kicked off, um, but you see him progress from all these bad scenarios made him battle-hardened, is, is the word I would describe Ash, um, but he's still, he's not an asshole. You know, um, so it's it's that kind of character development you see in this film that I really uh, liked, and uh, and Doug seeing he, the progression how it how it went, you know, because most people in a scenario like that, who knows, man, human behaviour is uh, quite a fucking thing, isn't it? Like people completely flip out and turn nasty, others crumble in the corner and everyone dies. You know, it's it depends, you know, on the on the thing. So yeah, it's. It's a definite contrast in the gore, like the level of blood. So when they said we use 400 litres of blood in this film at the end of the movie, and then they talk about, you know, um, uh, Evil Dead, when they did the remake, and you've got the woman running in the forest, and it literally is raining blood. Hello, Slayer. Um, and she's just almost turning black because the crimson of the blood is so dark and realistic as whether the everyone getting covered in blood in this one the it looks like pink mousse like it's it's really bubbly there's a texture to it um they used a shitload of green pus and stuff like they did in evil dead for that ratings reason so then that way they wouldn't get completely pounded and wouldn't be able to release this film so um uh yeah so when people say us oh, the goriest film ever made the horror fans go, nah, sorry, it's not. We still love it. It was gory for the time, but not the goriest thing we've ever seen. We love it for what it is, and it's a fantastic horror film and great comedy horror film. So, yeah, I, um, I'd, I'd be interested in the show notes if you'd like to say the first time you watched uh, this movie um, and what were your kind of impressions of it and where you at a party like with a bunch of guys like you know in a party situation and you put it on and you weren't supposed to watch it or uh, you managed to uh or you just went out and hide it and what your um, experiences were with it cool so the cast for this uh new zealand cast um and so we've got Lionel cosgrove he's played by tiff uh, timothy balami so b-a-l-i M-I-E. Um, in researching for this, the cool thing that I discovered that he was actually the voice uh, narrator for Border Force in New Zealand, which is a TV show here. talks about customs and it's like a reality TV and you see people kind of getting pinged, trying to bring people uh, things into um, New Zealand. There's also one in Australia as well. And uh, when, I, when I found this out, I was like, oh man, I, I want to write to New Zealand Border Patrol and just say, look, Timothy, can at one stage, just for us brain dead fans, can you say, you know, and such and such tried to bring this this prohibited item into New Zealand and game over. Like that would be that would be the best. I'd 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 be geeking out for sure if I heard that. Uh Vera Cosgrove plays his overbearing mum, uh played by Vera Moody. A uh, bit of a uh, TV uh, legend in New Zealand. Um, she was La, La Bellia. I do apologise. That's a character in Lord of the Rings. I probably said that wrong. Massive apology in advance for Lord of the Rings fans if I got that wrong. 
um, and she's done other stints in uh, New Zealand uh, films as well, and she's she's passed away. So, uh, Paquita Sanchez is played by Deanna Padleva, so it's P-E-N-A-L-V-E-R. Um, she's currently she's done a lot of Spanish movies um, and movie and TV shows since uh, Brain Dead, and she's currently got one called Manny's Night. Oh, Nanny's Night, sorry, uh, in 2000. Not Manny's Night, not the kid from Modern Family. <laughs> Some horror film about him getting sick during the night, you know. It's Manny's Night. Um, <laughs> so Nanny's Night is 2021, um, and I'm pretty keen to check this out. So I've written in the notes to, to go and look for it. So I want to see how or what her character is in this to see that she's still in the game and stuff. Paquita's grandmother... Um, God bless her, is not with us. So, Davina Whitehouse. Um, funny note, well, not a funny note, a little bit of a factoid. Paquita is the name of um, Diana's actual grandmother in real life. Uh, so, I thought that was pretty cool that they named her uh, grandma after that and a bit of a, you know, a bit of a respect thing that um, Peter and Fran put in for her. Uh, Davina Whitehouse, she's done a lot of New Zealand TV shows, but in Australia, she was actually, she's starred in Prisoner, which is a, a prison show, almost a bit, a little bit more darker than Orange is the New Black for US viewers, but um, still had that comedy in it, like, you know, still had a drama and a bit of comedy in there thrown in as well, so... Um, Recently, we had a show called Wentworth. Uh, that was that was the um, the modern uh, adaptation of Prisoner. From the uh, Prisoner was the late seventies, early eighties, and I remember watching it as a kid at my grandma's house when I used to stay there uh, when my parents worked. And so, yeah, that was that was a pretty good show. Uh, Uncle Les, or as I call creepy New Zealand Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> by by Ian Watkin, he was he was in Charlotte's Web and he's done some other New Zealand TV shows. You got Nurse McTavish played by Brenda Kendall. Uh, she's done a absolute lot of New Zealand TV shows and uh, movies. She was also in Prisoner and she was also in The Sullivans. Father, now it's funny when I first read this and it's my dyslexia kicked in. I swear to God, I thought it said McGruber for a minute, and I thought, fuck, that's so fitting. Uh, especially when those, he does the Kung Fu fight scene in the graveyard. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty much a McGruber thing to do, but, like, it didn't. It was Magruder, so I was I was a little bit bummed out. Uh, played by student uh, Stuart Davini. Uh, he was in The Frighteners. He was in Power Rangers as well. I'm not sure of the characters, but he was also in New Zealand TV as well. So that was pretty cool to, to learn that. Um, the punk uh, rocker guy in the graveyard uh, that turns eventually into a zombie uh, is played by Jeff Brophy, and he is in District 9, he's in Hobbit Two Towers, he's in King Kong, he's in Xena Warrior Princess, he's in Heavenly Creatures, a lot of Peter Jackson stuff, so he gets a lot of gigs from Peter Jackson, so it's good that there's a, that friendship there. And um, he stars in a lot of his films. And you can, like I said, and I've said this before in other episodes, it reflects on the film when the actors and the directors, and they know each other and they all help each other out by working on these projects together because it reflects in the performance. It's good, you know. Um, and, yeah, I, I really like seeing that. Uh, the Undertaker is played by Peter Van Jones. Uh, he was he starred in uh, Bad Taste and Meet the Feebles, which is the other two Peter Jackson films before this one. Um, and was and the assistant for the Undertaker was the cameo of Peter Jackson. Did the cameo for that, uh, so he's pulled a bit of a Stephen King and showed up in his own film. So that's that's some uh, that's the cast. So the flow of this movie. Uh, like I said, pretty much you, it starts with the cranking of the comedy. And the comedy starts pretty much on the beach of Sumatra with this guy being overdramatic with trying to bring this caged uh, thing that you don't see in the cage. Uh, and But all the, um, you know, the locals, of uh, the guy that's with him, the, gu the guide, is freaking out. It's very Indiana Jones-ish. Like, there's a, there's a bit of a nod... And uh, and then you then you've got the actual other um, the people running down 
uh, after him, like because he's he's got the this creature and he's and the other the guide's going it's good it's it's evil you know you can't leave here blah blah blah, and uh, you know the white guy's like oh what would you know you know the typical white thing, uh, and they get him into the into the jeep and then it's discovered that he's got the bite so they pre you know try and cut each part of him off that's bitten and it's like i said the comedy's there when they start hacking this guy up eventually because you know he's been bitten all over the place and that's kind of the nod there and a bit of the humor and so and there's another little indiana jones nod where you see the the thing that i liked about it as well and this got and this is the movie that got me interested in um claymation uh and stop motion um, when I was a kid, I watched the 60s, or I think it was the 50s, late 50s, early 60s movie like Hercules or something. It was like, a, um, you know, like the Odyssey, and there was a Cyclops in it, and I can't remember the name of the film, but I remember watching it as a kid, and I was enthralled. Scared at the same time, but enthralled by it, because uh, watching, you know, these monsters and then the skeletons came out of the ground and they had shields and swords and they were ready to fight and, you know, and that kind of, that's where my first introduction to stop motion came from. But because I was little, I didn't understand what it was, is whether as a 14 year old, I was like, oh, hang on a minute, what's, what's this style that they're doing here? This is pretty cool. So that you could see it was a model uh, of the plane and then you could see you know the map and they and it was like that indiana jones where you see the map thing and it follows where the plane's going in the background and they kind of did a nod to that and then there's and it goes to wellington and you see the train and you see the the street and the cars and one minute it's real and the next minute it's then a model you can you can see that it's a train model and it's a model of the city and then it goes back to being real again so and I really dug that, but it kind of got me interested. Hey, you know, what's this? What's what's that style again? And someone said, you know, it's claymation or it's stop motion. And I kind of went, I've got to see what this stop motion's about. And so that's kind of where my interest uh, in that came from. And then a guy in high school uh, that was a bit older than me, uh, I was a part of the art club, and um, he was doing a stop motion film for his year 12 project. I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, it was way, this would have been at least 95 or 96, no, no, it would have been, no, it would have been 94 or 90, no, 95, because a bit after this, um, uh, yeah, he was year 12, 95, because he went on, he got an A or something, man, no shit, like, you know, this thing was amazing, and it went on for weeks, and it, I just would walk in and look, and he would move a figurine, or he would move something, and then, you know, just seeing the whole process steadily over this long period of time and then he presented it uh, during this uh, art exhibition thing at the school and he uh, he put it in the uh, amphitheater we all watched it. it was pretty great like and I was like wow that's really uh, cool and it got me into um, film production I'm kind of I look back at it now and I go I should have just left high school and gone into that it was definitely an interest of mine but I just kind of would always been, you know, get a job, do this, do, 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 you know, and, and so I just, I missed out on a lot of opportunities. I think that I could have just done, uh, and didn't anyway, that's the way it goes. All good. So well, after seeing the style happening in the film, you then get introduced to Lionel, you get introduced to Paguita, um, and it's an interesting one where the style of this romance that blossoms between these two characters is a very 50s movie, right? And you, if you come into this, it's set in Wellington in 1957. That's not why I'm saying this film is designed by a 50s movie. What I mean by that is, if you... It's in colour, but if you look at how the music, the the not so much the lighting, but just like the music and how the actors are talking and, and how they behave, it's very, it's that 50s stiffness that you, they had, you know, there was, as, as opposed to movies now where all the actors are kind of moving freely the 50s kind of like oh hello like you know it was it was it still had that a little bit of that touch to this film and they made it like that it's not like and it was done on purpose um so 
uh, it's definitely, like I said, a nod to uh, 50s movies, um, for sure. And so seeing Lionel and Paquita start this kind of relationship out of nothing, literally zero to 100, like, and what I mean by that is there's another guy that Paquita's absolutely smitten with, and he's the grocery guy, and uh, he's a bit of a beefcake, and uh, he's got the general store, and he does the deliveries, and that's who she's... Uh, interested in and he flirts with her and she's like what and the grandma notices this and says okay let's do the cards and see if he's the guy for you and they and she does the cards and uh just at that point uh, she learns of this symbol that this guy will make and that's the that's the guy that she's destined to be with and lionel comes in at that point and she's just looking at him with stink eye for like two minutes. Like, you know, get the fuck out of my shop. That's pretty much the whole vibe, the whole entire time that he's there. Because he's super nervous, because he's a massive klutz. He's like tipping things over. Things are breaking. She's just getting more and more pissed off. And then he knocks something over on the bench that just happens to make this symbol shape. And immediately, like I said, Paquita goes from zero to a hundred. Like she's just like, oh my god, like you know, it's him, and almost practically gets on her knees. Like she just like just completely flips out and totally smitten by him, uh, you know. And um, this freaks him out. Like he runs out the shop backwards onto the road, almost gets cleaned up by a tram. I had a flashback to bloody Final Destination. Like I'd forgot this scene. And there's a lot of, uh, when I went to rewatch this movie, there's a lot of horror movie amnesia, I call it, where I've forgotten a film or um, it's like a, a um, what do they call it? A false memory, like of a film where I'm like, I'm sure this happened. Like, you know, or this line was said, you know, it's a false memory. And he, he does that. And the tram comes, and I literally just had, like, Final Destination PTSD. I was just like, bro, like, you know. Uh, and he falls into the tram and, 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 you know, gets picked up and whisks away in this kind of comedic, physical comedy way he goes. And he goes back to the house, and you get met with the overbearing mum, and she's like, this health is filthy, like, you know. And she's uh, she's full on. So we get, we get to know that the mum's a douchebag. And uh, so we kind of learn... And that went very overbearing, condescending, you know, just a piece of shit. And uh, so in the meantime, uh, Pagrita rocks back up and goes to the house, like, to see where he lives. Like, she's essentially stalking him. Um, and uh, she's like, oh, do you live here? Blah, blah, blah. One thing, they kind of, she learns that they're going to the zoo. Oh, I've never been to the zoo. I want to go to the zoo. So she invites herself to go to the zoo with him, like, on this date. Like, she's hitting him hard, like, with the, with the uh, you know, you're taking me out on a date, you know, this kind of stuff, which is unusual for the 50s. Like, um, so, um, anyway, they go to the zoo, and this is where the mum is attending some, because she's a, a part of the old bitty every fucking committee, you know, that she's on, and she's a part of this committee, that's doing something at the zoo and she's there. And so one thing leads to another, you know, their romantic date is going well because they've walked off from mum and she's done her while she's doing her ceremonial stuff. In the meantime, she gets, they see the Sumatran rat monkey and it's, it's quite aggressive and, and kills another monkey quite grotesquely freaks the whole audience out. And, uh, and then, <clears throat> the Lionel's mum uh, slips, goes too close to the cage, and it bites his mum, and so she then promptly kills it. And so the gross, over-the-top uh, body horror in that one is the bite that she's getting from this rat, but then when she kills it and her heel goes through its head and the eyes pop out and the pus and the blood all starts oozing everywhere, 14-year-old me and the guys lost our mind like at this point we we're just like oh my god that's gross we love it like you know and uh you know that meme where there's a whole packed bar and everyone's watching something on the big screen and then something happens and the whole bar just like starts throwing beers everywhere it's pretty much us like you know 14 year old boys just the coke and popcorn everywhere going oh my god that's amazing and then and little did we know how this <laughs> this movie unfolds you know 
and we just, you know, systematically had our mind blown like numerous times throughout the whole entire of this film as it un, un, um, unfolds. And so that kind of grotesque scene there, and we, we were loving it. Anyway, she goes back and kind of she starts taking a turn for the worst, and this is where more kind of gore um, happens. You know, the gory scene will kick in and, you know, this kind of stuff, and takes a turn, goes back home, Lionel's there looking after her. The nurse comes as well. And this is where we meet uh, Nurse McTavish. She treats her wound and that kind of stuff and, you know, bed rest and all that. She's doing that and she's really, like, she's losing colour. The pus boils are starting to form. Like, she's, like, the, the body horror is kicking up a notch in this film at this point. And, um... And she starts to turn again, like she's, and, and then she realizes these committee people have come over to the house for some morning tea or something. And so there's a massive, like, you know, come and get me cleaned up. So she's standing up, she's barely functioning. The zombiness is kicking in, uh, and, uh, you know, bits of her skin are falling off. And, you know, like I said, the body horror in this is amazing, and it just ramps from this, you know. And so as 14-year-old guys, we're pissing ourselves laughing. We just thought this was hilarious. And and she comes down and it's the, uh, while she's eating, she's like turning in, like she's, she's snatching food off other people. Like she's just being really uncharacteristic from that straight-laced person that she is. And then the grossest scenes, like I've got multiple issues with custard already at this point. And then the kind of, what about the pudding? Like, and the custard comes out. And I went, oh my god, I'm gonna have fucking hell everywhere. That's that's what I remember as a kid. I was just like, nah. I was grossed out by the custard. Uh, I had a very bad experience uh, in the early um, high school that involved a kid with some uh, with a custard tart, and I just I just can't get over custard ever since. It just makes me sick. Like I can't I can't handle it. Like it's just oh. Anyway. Now that everyone knows that, I'm sure I'm going to get fucking, you know, heaps of custard-related things. And uh, come at me. Like, anyway, so the, um, you know, she's picking something at one stage and it squirts into the into the, uh, into the the custard and then he picks up and he eats it. And I just remember everyone in that room just on the couch, what the fuck? Oh, my God. You know, like... You know, it was just, it was just it grossed us out so hard. Like at the same time, as you know that meme, you know it's it's gross. We love it. You know, you know it's, oh my god. So this guy was eating it, and it was uh, anyway. And they left eventually. They they leave, and um and so you know, mum's progression gets worse, and uh, so pretty much after this, she takes a real bad turn for the worse. She ends up like eating the dog, like Progrita's dog now. The thing is, as you know from other episodes, I've got a massive thing about, like, kids and animals in horror, in harm's way, can't handle it, whatever. I actually handled this one because, one, you didn't hear the dog, right? Two, when you actually see the dog and what's left of it, you don't even know that it was. Like, it was just a tail. And the com and, and that's what I mean. The, the comedy brilliance of this is the horror of that she's just eating a fucking dog. Now, if you're if you're a dog person, this is pretty like, holy shit. But because it was like the hanky out of the sleeve shit, so it was like a German, shells, <laughs> German shepherd's tail getting pulled out of a mouth. Like, and it's the comedy that is the long like this. Fuck, we were hell. I, I still laugh at it. Like, and, and I, you know, me, I can't handle dogs in horror and i thought it was hilarious like and and so that just shows the when it's done right like when you do a comedy horror this is it this is the blueprint and uh, and, and you're laughing at the horror of it and uh, man i just i was but there was nothing left of the dog like it was, and the, the guy's response like oh, like you know it was it was just hilarious uh and <clears throat> So she goes full zomb at this point, uh, and the uh, she comes stumbling down the stairs. Lionel finds out, you know, Nurse McTavish calls it and says, nah, she's dead, kind of thing. There's a moment, and then Nurse McTavish gets fucking taken out. Like, and it's, it's not when you're ready for it, 
like it's a pretty deep it's not a jump scare i won't say that but you kind of go whoa shit like because when it when it happens like you're like fucking hell and it's it's it just makes you like uh and there's like i said plenty of that in this film so nurse mctavish gets taken out so then lionel's like shit i've got two zombies on my hands here and my you know paguitas here she can't find out about this so they promptly get shoved into the uh into the basement and he's like, mate, you know, he's just getting Pegida out of the house. Like, he's totally panicking. And uh, so Pegida's a bit put off by this going, what the fuck? Like, you know, do you want me to help or not? And he just, like, kicks her out. So she's a bit put off by it and leaves. Um, and so he's now stressing, like, shit, what do I do with these two bodies in my basement? So he goes into the vets. Uh, it's a funny choice why he chose the vet I, I don't get that bit but that's me that's my problem i don't get why that happened but it doesn't matter anyway so he goes to the vet he gets some tranks because they don't have sedatives and uh here there's this over the top kind of suggesting maybe he was a nazi scientist i don't know but it was it was quite funny and he goes but i don't have tranquilizers like, you know, and so he gets these tranquilizers. <laughs> He's got this massive vat of, like, tranquilizers. And uh, he goes there with this big fuck-off needle and, like, squirts it into into the nurse and then into his mum who attacks him. And she's got him... He's got her on the ground. And I had a bloody COVID test fucking PTSD flashback when this happened because he shoves the needle right into her nose. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that's a bit too close to the COVID test for my life. Uh, I'm having flashback shit um, and uh, so anyway squirts it up there and knocks him out so both uh, both the zombies are knocked out and uh, anyway so <clears throat> the problem is he doesn't obviously do enough it knocks Nurse McTavish out but it doesn't knock Mama out and she comes back and and he Lionel goes back to Begrida's shop because he's kind of spooked by this and wants to see how the tarot cards work and what does he mean by he's surrounded by evil. And so they do a card reading. And in the meantime, zombie mum manages to break out and uh, get out through the house. Walks through Wellington, like doesn't mang on anybody. Like this is what I, I don't get. And like, like, you know, I, I don't know. Look, look. It didn't piss me off. I just didn't get it. I was like, you know, why is she not manging everyone like that she's going? Mean, she's bumping into people, you know, and everyone's like, oh, my God, who's that? Like, you know, and, uh, and then she runs in front of the tram and the tram cleans her up and just puts her through the front door of the shop, you know, and everyone's like, who the hell's that? And he goes, oh, it's my mum, you know, and then he and she gets up and attacks, but he gets another, he's got another needle of tranquilizer and, and, and squirts her and that's kind of the end of mum pretty much. Uh, for that moment and then you got the funeral scene is the next is the next bit and uh so we meet the the priest uh father mcgrind uh magruder i want to say magruder it, it really suits uh and then we get introduced to new zealand donald trump which is uncle les and he's gross the other interesting thing is seeing how um uh, ventilator inhalers looked in back in the day. It was like this glass thing that he hit. He's going, like, you know, and it's just, it looks bizarre, but that was pretty cool. And he's like cracking onto Pregrita like immediately as soon as he rocks up. And, um, like I said, just massive sleaze bag. And he's, and he's there for the cash. Like, he's there for the money, for the house, or the whatever. He wants to get his mitts on it or some mitts, or some, some part of the cash at least. Uh, and, um, it's it's Vera's brother, I, I reckon. That's how this fits, and he's kind of got a revelation midway through this film, like what the actual real deal was uh, with um, Lionel's parents, like and the dad and and all this kind of stuff. So that kind of gets revealed, but I won't say anything about that. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It gets revealed at some stage, and so. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, we meet up with him there at the funeral. Some pretty, some pretty funny shit goes down at the funeral, which I won't, I won't get into. Uh, and uh, some more body horror kind of stuff. And then that night is when it kind of kicks into gear because you've got um, you've got that night 
where the mum is now buried. We get Peter Jackson's cameo with the Undertaker and they're pumping like green pus and there is green pus just flying fucking everywhere in this and in this scene and it's just the most grossest thing ever. And we were we us young guys were pissing ourselves laughing. We just we couldn't believe it in this what we were watching. It was amazing. It was just really really, really uh really gross like but good gross you know what I mean and, and quite funny he was overacting with the goggles and it just reminded me of the whole Frankenstein you know Bride of Frankenstein scene uh, I really dug it I, th I knew what he was kind of nodding at um, and uh, done in a really comedic way as well and so um, anyway that night yeah he's in the graveyard he wants to dig his mum up right and he wants to make sure mum is definitely dead like he's, he's massively peeking out over this bad timing because the rockers kind of rock up in the in the graveyard they see him digging up a grave and they crack the shits at him and say you know you're a weirdo and they start beating him up and void this is where we meet void and he's the guy's right you know you're digging this body up so as the ultimate uh you know desecration decides to start pissing on his grave and he goes that's my mum's grave you're pissing on and this massive hand just rips out of the ground you know like grabs void and pulls him like down i think he grabs i think i think vera grabs him by the balls and like pulls him down like and he just he falls into things uh, and you just see his he just see his chest getting ripped to shit and the blood just spraying out the sides and he's like uh. at this point i was like 14 year old joe was like fuck if I need to bury this movie. <laughs> like I was like, holy shit, I'm completely in love with this movie. Like this is this is insane. Because, you know, I've seen Return of the Living Dead, right? But there's no blood spray like that in in Return of the Living Dead. I was like, holy shit. Like this is and and you know, when you get the real gore and the real blood spraying everywhere and it's a zombie beat, I I was invested. This this was like, yeah, this has got me. And I want I need to see how this movie goes. So very excited fourteen year old zombie Joe at this point. Um and so he gets thrown, you see all the skin ripped off and his rib cage is sticking out, and you're like, Holy shit. And then Vera's just out of the grave, like she's like full gone full zombie um, monster mum, and gets stuck into one of the other rockers in the group as well, and he gets bitten and torn apart. At the same time, Void changes, like he he crosses over the other rockabilly guy, the other rocker kind of gets attacked, and he changes as well. So now you got the three things. While all this is going on, we got Father Magruder comes in. And this is where we get the classic line of, I kick ass for the Lord. Like, and... Okay. We, us Volturian boys, lost our fucking mind when we saw this. Because you have a priest, like, doing a kung fu scene. Where he is just smacking, like, over the top, smacking the shit out of these zombies. You know, he's doing a leg kick. He's like, doo, 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 like, kicking in the face. And it was just... So over the top, so comedic, but like this Kung Fu, like this whole sequence just kicks off and I'm just like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Like, and it like, you know, heads it and he's like, and then he kicks like the zombies so hard that their like limbs are falling off as well. And I was, I was fucking howling. Like when I, when I rewatched this, I was still laughing at all the bits that I remembered and, and still, it still held up and it still gave me. You know, uh, it filled me with joy, pretty much. <laughs> like, it was, it was so much fun, and it just it cracked me up. So, anyway, he's, like, smacking the zombies around. It's just hilarious and over the top. It was beautiful. And and so, um, he gets bitten, though, unfortunately, and he turns as well. You've got poor uh, Lionel uh, gathering, as best as he can, everybody together and ties them all to the table. So, he's got... Zombie Void, he's got Zombie Mum, <laughs> he's got Zombie Nurse uh, McTavish, and he's got uh, Zombie Father Gruder uh, tied to the table, and he's feeding them, like, and he's not feeding them blood or guts or anything, he's feeding them a normal meal, like, and this is that reflection, like I said before, with this guy, 
how he cares. Like he's still, even though this is an absolute horrific shitstorm that is happening, his humanity is still there. Like he's still seeing them for people, even though they're zombies, you know, and he's still seeing their human side and he just wants to look after everybody. And so I thought that was really cool. And that's why you really like Lionel and you're rooting for him the whole entire time. And uh, so he's tied everyone together. They're trying to eat. And it's really funny. It's this massive sequence where he's jumping between each person who's trying to eat. You know, food's coming out of their, their throats because they're not eating for a lot. You know, just kind of crazy shit. And then as soon as he leaves the room because Uncle um, Les rocks up, uh, the priest, Father McTavish, and uh, sorry, Father McTavish, Nurse McTavish, and and uh, and Father uh, Gruder look at each other and go, "Yeah, let's." Yeah. And they end up having sex on the table, <laughs> and uh, they progressively have a zombie baby. Uh, what can I say? Like that's that's like I said, it cranks a fucking notch. Like it goes up that extra level. But it goes that extra level because they're rooting on the table, like, and and Les is like hearing this going, "Oh, you're playing one of those saucy adult movies," you know, you know it's just a total gross, dude. Uh, manages to kick him out, and uh, anyway, so he's thinking, "Oh yeah, Lionel's a total freak," kind of thing, and um, <clears throat> he gets back, and he, the the ba they get everybody back into the he gets everybody back into the basement. Um, and this is when, like I said, you get discovered with, uh, the zombie baby, like the whole gestation period, uh, uh is sped up at this point. And, um, anyway, so little baby zombie, like, I forgot the name that he gives it. It's, um, it's, it's hilarious. The, co the physical comedy that's hilarious about this, right, is on, during the day, he takes the baby out in a pram. And it's that 50s pram, but it's got barbed wire inside the thing so the baby can't get out or it can't eat people. And so, like, it's a full zombie baby. Anyway, the, the funny thing is, is he loses control, of course, tips over physical comedy. The baby falls out of the pram, right? And it's done any other way you'd be stressed out because it's a baby falling out of a pram. Because it's done like this, it's hilarious right and then the baby gets up and runs and the physical comedy of this is the fact that it was once a tiny baby in this pram now it's a fucking full-grown man like in a baby suit running you can tell the sight difference is done deliberately it's fucking hilarious and and he's just run he's great and then he grabs the baby and then it's gone from big baby to shrunk baby and he's like pounding it into a pole like it's just fucking so over the top and and it's oh, it's just genius and you just crack it like i i still yeah it still cracks me up so there was that whole scene he's like oh you know like over hyperactive or something he says to the other mums look at him going what the fuck is he doing like you know uh and then brings it back and and this is where Les invites everyone over for this. Oh, no, that's right. So Les finds out about the zombies because he he brings he he brings the um uh the thing. He doesn't lock them up properly, and he he's going okay, Lionel, you got to come straight with what's going on, blah blah blah, and and he finds out about the zombies in the basement. And the bodies in the basement. He thinks he's killed people. He thinks he's a serial killer, right? So he goes, I'm going to the cops, blah, blah, blah. Starts ringing. Then he stops and he goes, I can make this go away if you give me the money in the house right now. So his ulterior motive was to blackmail him into this, uh, into this scenario, you know, the house is mine kind of thing. And Lionel, I can't remember whether he says yes, but he gives up. Like he, um, he kind of, um, I think he agrees like, and he goes, okay, you know, whatever he's just so like depressed and he he's given up about what's, what's happening. Um, and that the party starts, like there's a, there's a, um, and I think at this point, Bagreed and him have broken up like the, there's that that scene he's he's just pushing her away deliberately so she doesn't get involved 
and and so she ends up like i wouldn't say hooking up with the grocery guy but she goes and you know goes out on a date with him and and so is just proceedingly bored shitless because this guy's like oh no i played rugby and i kicked the you know, and he's he's just talking about this rugby game the whole time. And Brigitte's just bored shitless, and then she sees him and like kind of gets you know sad that he's uh, you know missing her, and he's missing you know she's missing him, he's missing her, that kind of stuff. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Uncle Les decides to invite all these people over. Now I don't know if it's the neighbors that come over, or he's just a whole bunch of like Uncle Les's. Uh, like friend, friends or whatever, they all come over and they they're bringing their long necks over and food and it's a fifties party, so they all start kicking off. Like in the meantime, fucking Uncle Les tries to like and Brigida joins the party, you know. And in the meantime, he's like fully had a crack and actually tried to like sexually assault her in the kitchen, pretty much. Um, being the piece of shit that he is. Uh. What eventuates is the zombies get out, like, and this is where shit hits the fan, right? Or should I say lawnmower blades? Because this is, and it just, it's it starts so quick. The door crashes down. The first guy gets stuck in under the door, and he promptly gets his rib cage removed. Like while he's alive, just ripped clean out like this, and everyone's like, ah, and it's fucking chaos because the, all the all the zombies jump out of the basement. They're running free into the into the big hall area where the stairs are. People are trying to run and they can't. Everyone's biting everyone else. It, it is fucking carnage. Like. And, uh, and I'm just watching this smashing popcorn as a 14-year-old going, fucking, this is just, oh, my God, this movie is just amazing, you know. And I was, like, thanking the guy's brother for not returning this movie when he was supposed to. Like, I would have never seen it. Like, I, I would have known when I would have saw it, but I saw it at the right time when I did. So things happen for a reason, man. And so uh, I was, that whole entire end scene is amazing i'm gonna go into some bits but i won't reveal everything that kind of happens but the level of gore and things that happen to certain people in this movie is phenomenal void gets somehow cut in half like because he goes through a door and the door traps him and it rips him the funny thing is when i saw the movie the the indonesian movie the raid and there's a scene where an Indonesian bad guy jumps through the door that's been broken in half and he gets kicked back through it and he lands face first into the shard sticking up out of the door. I thought of brain dead. Like, I was like, wow, holy crap. Like, that's... I'm not I'm not saying they copied that scene uh, in the raid, but, yeah, holy shit. That's, it's amazing where that's where I went to. I was like, wow, that's brain dead. That's reminded me of brain dead. In, in brain dead... Void is so hell-bent in getting Lionel that he tears himself in half and goes into the bathroom. Then Lionel grabs him and throws him into the toilet and flushes, and his insides flush into the bowl. Like, you can, like he's, got, he's reacting to it, right? And he's trying to get out, and he can't because he's trapped in the thing, and then his, his insides come alive and and go after Lionel so literally at one stage he's getting pursued by uh like a bladder and an ass like you know and and some intestines from the you know his lower half is chasing Lionel around and uh eventually trap him in and also have him dangling from the stairs hovering over the zombies you know it's amazing and um it's just hilarious how this thing progresses on People get punched in the face, like, and their fist goes through their head. You know, you've got one one zombie lady gets put back onto a light globe and her whole face glows. Uh, holy moly. It's it, uh, the one that cracked me up, and, as, and I still piss myself when I see this, and it's just hilarious. The guy gets pulled out of the kitchen, rescued by some girls, and they pull him back out. 
and his legs are still attached, the bones are still attached, but he's got his fucking, his shoes are still there, but he's just got these bony little legs, and his fucking, all the meat has been ripped off, like everything's gone, and he's like, ah, like, you know, his little legs are doing like, oh, fuck, I just lost my mind. When I first saw that, I absolutely wet my pants. I was, it was, I, I, we were, we were rolling at this point. It got to that we had to stop and rewind and go back to that scene because we were laughing so hard at that we, because we'd never seen anything like this before. And and it, like I said, the comment, like the, if you put it in any content, like scary music or lighting or whatever. And it wasn't done in a funny way. You'd be chucking in your in your lap, like for sure. That's like Saving Private Ryan shit, like almost. But because it was delivered so well, and and the the music and the and the comedic kind of reaction to this guy, you were wetting yourself. And then there's another guy that literally loses the top part of his head, and it just skids along the tiles. And because he's got glasses. This part of his head's about, and it's just sliding along the floor, and people are kicking it like all over the place while they're trying to run and get away from whatever's going down. So, and uh, yeah, and then Lionel rocks up with the with the chainsaw and is like, you know, party the chainsaw with the with the lawnmower and goes party's over. Like, you know, it's it, it was that Ash moment, you know, and I was like, fucking yeah, there it is. Like, and he just charges into this group with the with the blade spinning and just everyone. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And then the comedy when he turns around and he's only like fucking knocked four people over and the, the zombie group's still there. And they just turn around and look at him and, they, and he's like, oh shit. Like, you know, it's only like hit four people. Uh, and then he's running and he's and he's not moving and the zombies are getting closer to him and it's that comedic kind of Looney Tunes like like you know and it's oh man we were just piecing ourselves laughing so the physical comedy the verbal comedy was really matched at this point but the gore was ramping like through the ceiling it was and like I said this is the perfect this scene here and everything that after this zombie stuff is the perfect. 14 year old boy thing to watch because this is how we think this is what gets us going like this so anyway after after all this we kind of follow and you're rooting for Bagrita the whole entire time who's trying to survive and everyone around her is getting picked off like systematically picked off to the point where it's just Lionel and her left right in the meantime the uh, mama zombie is transforming into something completely different. And boy, oh boy, do we have a massive boss fight at the end of this thing. And that's exactly, I remember my mate just going, it's a fucking boss fight. Like, and, he's, and she's coming up the stairs and she is a huge ass, literally huge ass mama. And um, massive boss fight and she's like i want you to come back into me lyle and like she just <laughs> opens herself up and he's like getting pulled in i'm like holy shit this is nuts and uh yeah massive showdown anyway so i'll leave it there that's that's pretty much where i'm gonna go with that um like i said this is the the best phenomenal comedy horror to ever exist it always will be I, I don't think it will be topped. I think the horror, I think horror fan directors will never top this. They, they don't want it. This is like, this will always stay the best. Uh, and, and so that's, that's, and that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like I'd leave it where it is. It's, it's a, it's a fucking gem. It's a gem. We love, I love it. Like it's fantastic. What I've done as a frame of you is I've kind of searched around. It is free to watch on YouTube. I've connected the link to this. Um, if you follow the link, you will get onto it. In two stages for about a minute, the audio drops out. You can't hear anything. You don't miss anything major either. It's not a plot. And don't like you. You know, still know what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, if you have not seen this movie, I haven't spoiled it. I've just run through it. So you, you're good to go. There's still some gems in there still. Uh, check it out. If you want to watch something really funny over the top and you're even not even a horror fan, still watch this. This is this is probably the best horror comedy you're going to get. Like, um, And so heavily recommended for me. 
for me, easily, this is a 9 out of 10. Easy. Like, easy, easy. Um, would I want this remade? Fuck no. Leave it where it is. Do not remake this. I'll be very pissed off. I don't usually turn into a keyboard warrior, but I will be a massive one if someone goes, oh, let's redo Brain Dead. Like, you know, I'll be fucking so pissed off. So leave it where it is. Um, I'm safe to say I think it's going to be left alone. But anyway, you never know nowadays. Cool. So there you go. 9 out of 10. Definitely recommend. First time horror movie? No. Um, know who you're showing it to. If they're really into, you know, over the top funny and can handle a bit of gore, yeah, why not? Test the water, see how you go. But yeah, no, nah, this is... This is like, oh, I want to watch a horror movie. I've never seen a horror movie. Yeah, no worries. Let's watch Dead and Brain Dead. <laughs> this, no worries. Unless you want to watch the, the fucking world burn. Like, that's the person you are. Then, yeah, have at it. But, yeah, definitely not a first boost. A first horror movie recommend uh, for sure. So, cool. I'll move into the horrible mentions. Now, in the month that between episodes, I, I've managed to check out Scream uh, in, the, in that time, which was really, really good. Uh, Studio 666 is just starting to come out now, so I haven't seen it yet. I'll go and definitely check that one out for sure. It looks great, man. And some new posters now for uh, the Evil Dead uh, Rise. So that's really got my attention. Uh, I hope... I've got some good feelings about it. I'll, I'll see how I go. I'll just go in without seeing any trailers. I'll go in open-minded, man. That's probably the best thing to do. Uh, I, I won't be checking trailers out or anything like that. I'll just go in completely blind and and, and neutral, and I'll see where it goes. Um, I saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, and I'm a bit on the fence with it. Um, there's some bits that I liked. There's some bits that didn't make sense. Uh, and But all in all, I didn't hate it. So it's, you know, check it out. You know, what I mean, turn your brain off for for an hour and a bit. Make some popcorn, drink some beers, watch some people getting cut. Watching people getting cut up with a chainsaw. I mean, that that's really what it is. Like, let, let's not. It, it's not. But the, okay, the thing. I'm not going to go on a rant here. But the the, the issues that I had with this is that they they're now bringing stuff in society and they're pissing it into films and I'm, and I'm just like no 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 so this one here tried to tackle some stuff and yes it's it needs to be acknowledged does it need to be acknowledged in a horror film no it doesn't right we are already aware that it is happening in society if you start jamming it into genres, it's going to piss everyone off, like, and you won't get anyone on side for any group that you're representing uh, because you're just, uh, like, oversaturating is just going to annoy the fuck out of everyone. That's all I'm going to say. So there's some parts in this TCM movie that I really enjoyed, <coughs> and there's others that I didn't. I just thought, for fuck's sake, like, and, but... You know, at the end of the day, like I said, I didn't hate it. I, I took it for what it was. And we'll see how we go with it. Clearly, they've left it open, so there's going to be a sequel. They're kind of aiming for that. I think they're gauging the um, the audience reactions on this on Netflix. We'll see how I go. Check this space, mate, because I tell you, it's fucking divided the internet, like, big time um, on this one. So Scream 5. Um, it's, I've been reading kind of both parties' arguments and, uh, some good points have been raised on each side. I took it for what it was. I'm like, okay, this is how they're going with this. Uh, do I hate it? No. Nah. Do I absolutely love it? No. Nah. Like, uh, but it's a part of the, the trail and we'll see how we go, you know. Um, it's the same as, you know, the new Halloween. A lot of people fucking flat out hate Halloween kills. Other groups go, okay, this is a double adapter film. This is building to something else. So there's going to be no real beginning and no real end. It's a filler, you know. And with the filler second movie in a trilogy, it kind of is a bit weaker. Like, because it's got a, 
build some more stuff and then flow into number three. And I think that's where Halloween Kills was going with that. So, and I think some people have missed the point of what, what it is. So that's my take on that one. Um, <clears throat> so, look, Halloween Kills, TCM, Screen 5, check them out. They, they're all right. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. I really like that too. Like they, they tied that in so well. Whoops. Fucking. Yeah, there goes. There goes fucking. The scream. <laughs> He's died. I think I was just talking about Scream 5 so much he, he fucking fainted. Uh, <laughs> my, my Scream 5 prop just collapsed. Uh, so anyway, look, I, I just it took them for what they were and, and just do the same thing. That's probably my advice. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I, I really dug it. I, I really enjoyed it. I like the tie-in. I like how they did the thing. And yeah, you know, okay. They kind of they made a comment in there that kind of pissed some people off because they weren't referring to the female Ghostbusters one. And I didn't mind that one. I found that entertaining. Like, it did its thing, you know, whatever. Some people care about Ghostbusters a lot. And they're like, it's not a part of the canon. Okay, cool. I understand that argument. That's fine. Uh, and I'm not disrespecting that. That's fine. Um, so I just kind of liked all of them as my kids. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it, it exists. You can't say it doesn't exist. So when this one comment has said in Afterlife, it was, it was like that really funny meme. They did the Thanos meme where he clicks and <laughs> that movie disappears. Like, I thought that was actually quite funny. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's done a good humor. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was quite funny. So, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these movies are entertaining us. It's not our life. You know what I mean? It's Don't get bogged down. There's, there's heavier shit going on right now. Uh, we can just all enjoy movies and, and just escape, you know. Uh, so don't get bogged down and try and start hating on each other because someone likes something more than you or it's like something that you don't agree with you know just cool everyone each to their own you know everyone needs to start doing that a bit a bit more anyway so cool that's that done um no worries man that's all the uh horrible mentions out of the way um so yeah until next time thanks for listening uh thanks for watching and uh yeah you can email me at adelaidehorrorpodcast at gmail.com uh, you can also get in contact with me probably quicker via uh, Instagram uh, that way. I'm on the Twitter handle, uh, the Nordic Nap on Twitter uh, as well. That's kind of like my personal slash uh, podcast one. So you can you can follow me on that. Um, and then, yeah, the Facebook group uh, as well. So that's all well and good. I've here, um, you know. We live in some scary fucking times at the moment. So, yeah, just take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones and uh, stay scary. And I will see you in the crypt.